Welcome to We're Talking. We have an opinion about everything, and it means absolutely nothing. Now, here are your hosts, the rocket surgeon and the brain scientist, but we're not sure who's who. Craig Malasa and Josh Jacno, they're talking. Welcome back to We're Talking tonight. Colin Lacey from the Georgia Southern Radio. Dog it. Georgia Southern Sports Network. Brought to you by Learfield IMG College. <laughs> and we have Brad Topham from the UL Raging Cajuns. Uh, I would say the color man, are, but are we politically correct now and having to say color person? Well, I've had my moments. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure you're a person. So, <laughs> But we're talking baseball. Uh, tonight we're we're still in the. Gosh, they, of course they went. Uh, they just switched standings. I believe we're in the. Should be six, I think. Bottom of the six. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So bottom of the six, Texas State and App State, and I believe it's still zero to zero. Yeah. So uh, if this game can go 14 innings, it would be awesome. So let's talk first uh, before we get into conference play here, Colin. You guys. We needed some help from you, and you needed some help from us when it came down to the last day of the tournament. How bad were you guys scoreboard watching um, well, afterwards? We said it all weekend how all was right in the world because Cajun fans were Eagle fans, and Eagle fans were Cajun fans, kind of how it's supposed to work out. But to show you how much that you were scoreboard watching, my fiance is the athletic trainer for the professional soccer team in town, and our SID and I had gone to their game after – we finished up that afternoon against UT Arlington, and we had Jay and Top in my ear, one earbud in my ear, one earbud in our SID's ear, and following the game. So that probably tells you about all you need to know. It, it was a fun weekend. I mean, everything rolled out just perfect, and the only thing that could have happened at the end, because the Cajuns were the last game there, could have came down if the Cajuns lose. It kind of screws up everybody's weekend, and uh, as much yours as ours. So. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to see things fall in place as it was going. I know uh, we had a group text going with, with Jay and, and Brad and, and uh, Chris and four of us going, and it all depends who, who got there first. We were chiming in with scores, so uh, I know we were big time watching it. So, Brad, what do you think about the weekend that we just had? Uh, Jay and I talked and really thought that it was, it was probably the best three-game series, even, even losing the first night thought it was three great games that we were able to watch there. No, for us, to me, the only series that compares is Tulane. That's the only series because, I mean, those were three extra innings. They were competitive all the way through. You had – the only difference was all of these games were the same. Tulane, you had some periods of great starting pitching, and you had periods of hitting. There was no hitting in this weekend. It was great starting pitching, a lot of defense, and it was all timely hitting. When you got the extra base hits – I mean, you got the hits, excuse me, when it was in scoring position, that's it. I mean, the game you win three to two, all three runs come in one inning because we got them all. You bunch your hits together, but you know, it was it was good. It was competitive, and I'm glad to see some of those guys from Troy graduate because I know way too many of their names. Yeah, when you when you're when you're seeing that long, you recognize names when they come up. It's never easy. No, it's not. Well, there's guys that are four-year stars. I don't know who they are, and there's a reason for that too. Yeah, but when I know the names down the five, first five hitters. That's a problem. Did it, for us. did it surprise you today? I believe Troy lost their first game today. No, because with the talent they have, that tells me they're inconsistent because they haven't been injured and they haven't been COVID, which it, it tells me they're inconsistent. 
um, there's something missing. That's all I know how to say it. There's something missing. I compare it all the time to teams like the New Orleans Pelicans. Got a ton of talent. There's something missing. There's a guy missing. There's a player missing. There's an alpha or something. And Troy's got too much talent, and they got some good arms. To be inconsistent as they were was just surprising to me because they're veterans. Makes too much noise when it falls. Yes. So, Colin, talk about UTA Georgia. Wait, before Colin knows about that, talk about them damn ugly jerseys y'all were wearing. What's wrong with y'all? Yeah, I'm not a fan either. Dude, y'all got some beautiful blues, some whites, some grays, and y'all got the thing. That's what y'all should name that thing, Swamp Thing. As in, that thing needs to go, that thing needs to go in the swamp. Jesus. Yeah, and really and truly, there's two of them that oh. are. Oh. Yeah, there's two that you're going to see this week that you're not going to be a fan of. What's the other one look there's like? There's one that's the. Houston Astros kind of inspired. Well, that's okay, though. I've seen that yeah, enough. But, but yeah, but that ain't. That sublimated Georgia thing with the. Uh, that, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. There's too much going on there. I'm I mean, sure you'll see the Houston Astros ones, and it's different shades of gray and blue and white at the bottom. No, I've seen that one. That one's not bad. But it's the uh, that, that thing. Look, it took a while for the Cajun one with the fleur de lis sublimated in the background, the white. It took a little while, and that one grew on me a little bit, but. Now y'all got too good looking of other stuff. Y'all got to bury that one. Yeah. I mean, you've you've got you've already got some good colors with the gray and the blue and the oh, white yeah. and everything that you can you can throw in there. I mean, they look like baseball uniforms. Y'all know it. We've talked about it enough. I'm an old school baseball guy. Yeah. That when you're at home you wear white. When you're on the road you wear gray. It's pretty simple. Like, yeah. don't make this any harder than it needs to be. If you want to throw in a blue jersey every once in a while, fine, great, whatever. What about fighter pilot? No. P40? No. No, no we oh, already no. went there no. this last one, so we're you not going to get mustard yellow. So, oh, that's going to that's gonna leave a mark. But no. Oh, Nobody. no outs. Nobody out. We got a double there that uh, you can tell I'm not a play-by-play -play guy. He got a double there with a guy on second and third, no out. So. All right, before we get too deep into this, I want your thoughts, Brad, on he hits a double, and yeah, I get it, it's a big point of the game. We're in the bottom of the sixth inning. It's no score. Your first game of the tournament. You hit a double with nobody out. A run doesn't come across. And you stand out at second base and do whatever kind of leg kicks and all this dancing at second. Do we really need it? The dude's wearing capris. And he just fixed oh. them. Yeah, that's true. He's it's, it's literally above his knees, his pants, and he has holes in his socks. You no, can no. see. No, no. His socks stop at his knee. He's wearing tights underneath him and they got holes. Trust me, I've been looking at it because it's wearing my butt out. Well, That's first of all, to your, your point, I brought this up earlier that baseball is becoming too much like softball, God, which I'm I tired of soft. I'm I tired can't of softball. Stand that stuff. And you see uh, every home run, everybody's gotta stand there, watch it, flip the bat. It's just hit the ball, well, run around the bases. You know, I'm of both minds with that. It doesn't bother me that bad what he just did. But what I will say is if Ball in the mound, punches somebody out, turns and looks at him and does the same motion back to him, and you better not say nothing and start barking at him. Well, That's the difference. That's the part I don't like. If the pitcher, after he gets it out right here, makes some motion, that dugout in White's going to start barking. And yeah. that's, no. Well, I hate Trevor Bauer, but he's got a point. Hey, I'm fine with it because I'm going to do it, so when you get me, you do it. This game is hard. But we don't do it that way, though, man. It's not both ways. The one I don't like is when the guy strikes out and he has a slow walk back to the... Oh, oh, man. That'll play to run. That hurt. 
The one that gets me is the, 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 the slow walk back to the dugout. Then you're going to turn two or three times, look to see if the pitcher's looking at you. You know, he just struck your ass out. Walk to the back to the dugout, sit your yeah. butt down, grab your glove, grab your hat, and go out to the field. Look, hitters are famous. I was just as bad as any of them. As getting in the dugout, because you keep throwing change up the curveball, challenge somebody. Yeah. Dude, they are challenging. He is you can't hit a yeah, curveball. Exactly. But in other words, what I'm really saying is throw me something I can hit. That's what I'm really saying. So, yeah, dude, I, I'm okay if it's reciprocal, but I'm with you on, dude, it's nothing, nothing. Yeah. It's not like you're down three nothing, yeah, you're like, trying to spark something. It's nothing, nothing, Cat. Just, you know. Well, even Michael Irving, Irving, when he played football, he said that he did not celebrate a touchdown when the team was losing because there was nothing to celebrate. Now, if they took the lead or they were ahead, Hey, it's party time. Yeah. And even Deion Sanders, I tell you, uh, Deion was a different person on the football field and the baseball field. It was like two different people. And I really love Deion on, on, on the baseball field. I think Deion knew who he was on the baseball field. Yeah. And he also, by contract, he knew who he was on the football field. Yes. He knew he was a, a rare breed on the football field. And on the baseball field, he was good. But he wasn't, no. Yeah, well, no, look, some of the stuff that they do, I'm trying to keep an open mind, not the old man get off my lawn. Um, but it's until I see pitchers who can handle it, handle it. Because think about it. Don't we, we see it all the time. When it's a third out, oh, we celebrate coming off that mound. Yeah. But if a hitter, a hitter can't succeed and it be the third out. So if they celebrate, you're going to get mad. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting how the games evolve. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay open-minded, to put it simply. Well, like, I get it, like, especially at tournament time. It's emotional. There's no doubt about it. But on something like that where you hit a double. You did your job. You did your job. Nothing happened. Nothing scored. You had to have another base hit in order for something to come across. I, I just don't see the point. And first of all, if I've got legs that are that thin, I'm wearing my pants all the way down to the ankles. I mean, come on, well, Stork. I don't care what your legs look like. If you wear shorts for baseball. I'm sorry, we got a tent. I think you're wearing we the Rockford a, Peaches. We're wearing yeah. a tent in the coaching box. And we got to do wear some knickers yeah. at third. I'm sorry, but. What are well, we knickers doing? even come down below the knees. Do they really? Yes. Yeah, I'm, but I, I'm going to tell you, I wasn't a fan of the open bottom. Got him. Son, he checked the runner first and yes, then he threw did. it. Wow. That was, that was, wow. That was, that's one of those plays I really thought he was going to get halfway down there and stop. Yeah, or cutoff throw or something. But, no, my thing is, remember when they wore the open bottom pants and they were long? Yeah. Then would, I'm fine with that. Right up until they started taking the back of them and putting it under their back cleat to make sure they, no, no, yeah. that's too far. Like this, you want to wear your pants up? That's fine. Look, I've been watching this cat. He has been playing with his pants yep. the whole time he's on base. Wow. Well, Texas State gets out of it by only giving up one run. We've, we've uh, played six here in Montgomery. Uh, one nothing App State. So let's get back to the games that we were talking about, which which uh, this is fun, too, because I like uh, both, both both of these last two uh, interviews I've done. I've got I've got a little rant in on both of them, so I'm feeling good. I'm feeling sparky. <laughs> so, but uh, UT, the UTA series, what was the emotion like there for you guys at home and everything? I think it's, I think it's different uh, for for teams 
when you're at home for senior weekend, the last weekend of the season is senior weekend, versus, you know, you're doing it and you oh, yeah, it's senior weekend, but I still got to go to St. Marcos. I still got to go to, you know. Do you think you think more of it's there? I mean. I think so. The big thing for Georgia Southern, they just come off of two really bad road trips. You go to Arkansas State, out in Jonesboro, you drop two or three, have to salvage the last game of the series and the second game of a doubleheader on Saturday. And then you turn around and step out of non-conference play and go to Elon, a team that you had handled when you were both in the Southern Conference. You move on to the Sun Belt, they move on to the Colonial, and they take two out of three from you up there. And so being able to kind of lick your wounds if you're Georgia Southern, get back to Statesboro for the first time in two weeks, it was good to see Georgia Southern bounce back and get back to what Georgia Southern was able to do, get the leadoff guy on, be able to hit with runners in scoring position. I think Danny threw out a stat that Georgia Southern was like one for 32 with runners in scoring position at one point over those two weeks. Uh, it was just brutal the fact that every time you had an opportunity on the base paths for Georgia Southern, it was a ground out to end the inning. And you never really saw that come to fruition for Georgia Southern. But then you get it back against UT Arlington. It was a little bit of struggles on the offensive side on Thursday night against Tavera. He didn't necessarily have his best stuff. He was pitching through a little bit of a what looked like a blister on his hand on Thursday night. But being able to get his pitch count up, you fall to UT Arlington in the first one. But to bounce back in those last two when you needed to in order to get that top two seed that Georgia Southern got. And again, you had to have help from Louisiana. Yeah. But first game didn't go the way either one of us wanted it to. No, it, it was looking dismal did. for both of us, yeah. sir. You know, uh, thank you, Train, for coming through again. You know, we sit here in between uh, these interviews. Trains don't come by as soon as we get on here. Uh, and they like to blow their horns. Hey, it is what it is. Hey, I think it's great. Worse. It could be the Georgia State train horn. Yes, which is obnoxious as all hell. Uh, talk about uh, a little bit. Now, I didn't realize it. I talked to Danny and uh, you had a non-conference game on a weeknight game against Mercer all, you know, and I kind of joke with him. I said, what are you guys doing? But it tells me they're a pretty good ball club, evidently. Yeah, Mercer's one of the top teams in the SOCON, and they're a team that's always going to have offense. Craig Gibson has done a really good job in 25-plus years in Mercer up in Macon. And it's an easy trip, and it's a trip that Georgia Southern is always going to make. Normally it's a home-and-home. Home. It was, again, this year in the midweek. But it's a good game for a couple of reasons. You might be getting a foul. Yeah, I know. I was I was trying to see who I was going to throw in front of me <laughs> to block the foul ball. I wasn't going to move the microphone. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so Mercer's in making, though. Okay, so I learned something new today. Yeah, so it's only about an hour and a half from Statesboro. It's an easy trip up I-16. Yep. And it's a good game as far as RPI is concerned. And at the end of the season, it didn't really mean anything because Georgia Southern wasn't fighting for an at-large. Yep. But it's a good RPI team in a midweek game that you don't normally get a whole lot, especially in southeast Georgia. Uh, Macon, Georgia, that's where uh, Greg Allman died. Am I correct in it that? It is. Motorcycle accident. Uh, Why would you know that? Uh, I said Greg Allman. I think it's Dwayne, though, right? Yeah, I can't remember which one of the Allman brothers it was. Yeah, it's Dwayne. I'm almost positive. Do you know yeah. that there's a bench in Statesboro that is where uh, Blind Willie Mattel wrote Statesboro Blues? You know, I heard that, and I, and that was one of the things, because I, I I make these mistakes. When I go places, I, I, I'm like, well, this is cool. And then I, I when I get home, I read about the place. I'm like, that was a cool place to go. And then I learn these things. I'm like, well, you moron, why don't you do it before <laughs> you go? So, 
And Brad's just going, disagreeing, shaking with his head, yes, you're a moron. Yeah, pretty much. I, <laughs> I, there's nothing to disagree with you about. I, I went to this place, I was in uh, Arizona, Dayton, Arizona, which is in the middle of nowhere. I think it's over by Yuma. And I was out there working, and there's nothing out there, so you don't think about it. But evidently, Patton trained with his troops out there during, uh, before World War II, or you know, so probably getting ready for the assault on North Africa. So with all the yeah, I thought history. Sorry, but you know, I, I'm like, okay, again, there was probably nothing there anymore, but it still would have been kind of cool. I'm a military brat and I'm a military buff, so oh, you need to talk to Schultz. So he was stationed in yeah. Germany. So were we. We talked about it. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah, I've got, I've got a brother born in Germany, a brother born in right. France. Right. Well, no, I knew about you, but Schultz was telling me we were talking about some stuff. And uh, he missed the Pentagon twice. By Well, I got a kid about to graduate. All right, we'll wait a year. A year to the day, they contact You got to go to the Pentagon. I got a kid about to graduate. All right, got to wait a year. 20 years, I'm done. Yeah. So it worked out for him. But Now, you were talking about the senior day. I'll tell you this. I truly believe the senior day at home last weekend, it's a page turn. It's, it's a literally, a, it's a, it's, for us, it was physically a graduation on the field, but it is literally, all right, the season's over, next step. As opposed to, I would agree that we're going to turn around and get on the road and go to a game. And I, and I understand everybody's not going to play their last series at home. No, Don't get me only wrong. Only half the team do, yeah. But, you know, to me, we, this, this is the first year that we've we've done the senior uh, senior ceremonies at the at, at after the game, Brad. How surprised did you? I, I know you you stuck around, but how surprised were you with the crowd that stuck around to honor the seniors? I th I thought it was better than than getting there early and nobody being in the stands. I, I liked it. Um, I prefer it. I don't like it before the game. Yeah. Because before the game, it's I don't know, man. Part of the beauty of doing things on the field is Papo Ramos getting married at home plate, but his uniform was dirty. Yeah. After the game. I like the fact that the players looked like they played a baseball game, even though there's no dirt, but they played a baseball game and it was after. I, I do. I like it after. Dude, I don't – baseball is designed around one thing, routine. And in a game that matters, we're going to blow it out the water and we're going to hand out plaques and we're going to do all this stuff that's important. We can do it after. Well – the thing was, so Colin doesn't know, but we had four seniors, but we had 12 guys graduate, and all the graduation takes place on the field. So well, you would have to start. 13. Count one of the managers. Oh, 13, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Which, Carter, I'm sorry. Uh, outstanding young man. Uh, I didn't say you were outstanding, Carter, but I did remember. But, you know, <laughs> the, the thing is there with, with that, we would have had to start an hour and 20 minutes before the game for everybody to take infield, and no fans would have been there. And, Oh, they got him. Ellington's legit, dude. Yeah. He, he threw three and shoved it up at Little Rock, and he shoved it. This cat's going the rest of the way, and he'll be at, he'll be up against us on on uh, Thursday. Okay. Because he is cutting them up. But going back to the senior day thing, it was cool being able to talk to one of our seniors at Georgia Southern. Of, he's one of the guys that took advantage of coming back for another year, and he said. And a lot of people kind of echoed it, even guys that aren't seniors, that not having last year and the end of last year and COVID year, oh, that I, makes senior day even more special because it puts in perspective how quickly the game can be taken from you. And so being able to have that, and I hadn't thought about that yeah. because we're getting 
kind of close to back to normal. And so you don't really think about, okay, this is the first senior day since 2019. But being able to put that in perspective of the senior day means more because you didn't have one last year. It's like we talk about with the tournament. You didn't have one last year. So being here, getting to see everybody, getting to hang out with everybody, getting to watch baseball all day long since 9 o'clock this morning, Dude, that I'm means gonna, I'm going to go with Stevie P on you go call Cat. I had my first beer at a ball game in person since 19. I mean, think about that, because the baseball games, we were all working, um, and we were at, like, we were in Pensacola tournament, but we weren't going to have a beer before we go on the air, so... Why not? Because of what I would say. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's, whoa, it's crystal clear, why? <laughs> all you got to do is wait for us to get out with less than two outs and a man third base, and I get to run in, you'll find out. And then I'll be sitting next to you in the stands, I can drink all the beer I want. <laughs> but, no, and I mean, it dawned on me today, I was like, I... I told Tim Paris, I like, do this is vacation. Like, why? Well, I said, I haven't had a beer at a baseball game in person since at least 19. At any sporting event since 19. And that was a reality check. But, you know, you're talking about those seniors. I think the hardest part for them, too, was am I even going to – they spent the whole year leading up to the season going, am I going to have a season, let alone a senior day? Is it going to be normal? Dude, you know how many times I've held my breath? Look, I forgot. Not to say I forgot about COVID, but it was pretty calm, right? And then all of a sudden, after our series, and Coastal get canceled, I was like, holy crap, man. This, this, I kind of forgot about all the stuff that basketball and football had to go through because it's been so much easier for us. Isn't and it crazy that that's the only Sunbelt well, series that got canceled? It I, is. I, I was going to say that. I was going to ask you guys what your thoughts there were. I lost mean, it. I thought there would have been lost more. the bet, cousin. Yeah. Oh, for definitely sure. lost the bet. And by, by the way, real quick, that's also what scares me about Coastal. They came in with an illness to the point where they flew different guys in during the series because they've been so sick. Not COVID, just a virus hit them. And it may, you know, you get a virus, you don't eat for a few days, you're sick. Then they come off of that and they go to COVID. And I'm sure there was too many of them. Somebody had both, right? Yeah. How did that affect those guys? You got guys that might be getting their strength back now. Yeah. You're listening to We're Talking with Craig Malonsong, Colin Lacey, and Brad Tophan. So back to the COVID, though, I really think because we talked about on the write-up that how the virus works and how the the shots. Yeah. I really think some of those guys that, you know, I was one that, that spent time in the hospital. Right. But tested negative five times because I think once you – once it sets in, and these guys are younger, they're not—they're not feeling—they're not feeling sick. So they're really—I don't know how often they were tested. So did they miss? Did they miss that that window of opportunity to test them? I guess. Yeah. You think? Well, do you know how many times the the, the baseball teams are tested? Uh, twice a week. Twice a week. Okay, because football we did it once a week. It was 48 hours yeah, before we left. I enjoyed doing that too. I was doing it every day. As soon as I got right. vaccinated, I got lucky. It was because the um, where we have my dad, because he has dementia, they were able to get one caregiver could come in and get tested because they had extra shots. And then some people just didn't show up. So my, myself, my sister-in-law, two of my nieces all got shots. And so I was vaccinated by March, and I was lucky. I really was. I was lucky. I mean, I know, look, I'm, not everybody wants the shot, and I get it. But I never blinked about it personally. Because I actually took a flu shot this year for the first time in my life. That's what, this was the first year I'd ever had a flu shot. And I've always 
believe that just everybody was told me the same thing. You take the flu shot, you feel bad for a day or two, and but you're good. It doesn't stop you from getting the flu. It stops you from getting really sick. And my thing is, I, I'm still amazed. Without going down that rabbit hole, I am just still amazed that it made it. Because I don't believe anybody cheated in no. results. I really don't. No, no. I think that's career ender for these guys. Yeah. I really believe that. I don't think anybody covered up anything. I, no, I think I think whether it's a coach or an athletic director or a trainer, if they would have done that, you're right. I think I don't think, and I think they would have been out of college sports. I do, I, and I don't think, and they're going to be hard unless it's Urban Meyer. They're going to be done. They're going to be coaching. Period. Nobody wants to hire them. Well, I, I I'm just glad the Saints didn't hire them. So I, we're, we're watching this game, and I know I know this is this is this is this is going to this is going to air tomorrow. So. I know you guys won't hear, but this to me, these two pitchers are shoving it right now. Well, but this is the team picked to win the West. Yeah. And he's pitching like it. Yeah. You know, Tuthill is going to throw against us from App, but they're throwing their best reliever in Ellington. He's their guy. So, and he's good. So talk to us. You guys played App State. Talk to us about the talk, – talk about your series. What do we have to look at? What, what is – I mean, I don't know if Tuthill was Tuthill at that time. If you if you got him early, but the last three weeks or four weeks, he, he's been he's been dead on. So yeah, he's been really good. He's had to be for App State because their weekend rotation has kind of been thrown into a blender. The guy that started this game against Texas State, Quentin Martinez, he hasn't started in the last three weeks because he's been hurt. The guy that really came on big whenever Georgia Southern saw Appalachian State and Noah Hall, he's a guy that. They've kind of flirted whether he's going to be a starter, a long reliever, what he's going to do. He ended up starting most Sundays, but he's been hurt the last couple of weeks. So they haven't really had starting pitching, and that's what kind of hurt him against South Alabama this past week and being able to close out what would have been a sweep. And when you're going to a guy that was out of your bullpen and wasn't great out of your bullpen, but he's all you have left, it's really hurt their starting rotation. But Tuthill is – definitely the go-to guy and really has been the last month plus like you guys talked about the biggest thing with app I don't know that the offense on their side can withstand what Louisiana's going to throw at him because we talked about it earlier on this afternoon you know what you get in Cook yep Arigetti has been really good at parts of this year but the depth that you guys have is unreal and App State to me, maybe one of the weakest offensive teams in the Sun Belt. And, yeah, I know they've got a couple of all-conference players. Robbie Young at first base, yeah. I don't think he should have been, but whatever. Well, App State brings in a new pitcher here. Uh, no. He's the same guy? That's Ellington. Yeah, Ellen, I would be shocked if Ellington comes out of this game. The only okay. If they're going to have Rap ready to close if need be. Well, or they're trying to win the tournament. And they're going to pull him after two because he's a normal, he, he will go normally a Friday, Sunday kind of guy. So well, My only feel is I, I, I kind of love the low-scoring game, neither one of them, three hits apiece. Uh, but at the same time, I really wanted to get into some bullpen here for both of these guys, uh, especially Texas State since we face them tomorrow night. But uh, So you got to realize, too, like we got Eric Getty. Eric Getty gave up one-third of his earned runs on the season in that one out against Texas State. Nine earned runs with nobody on base. So I know we talked about it on the write-up, Brad. Talk, uh, let's let's kind of talk through this again and, and get Colin's opinion on here. Uh, man, uh, <laughs> I can hear everything right now. It's amazing what these mics are picking up. But uh, 
Aaron Getty. Oh, excuse me. He uh, he had he had a rough outing against Texas State, but you, like you said, well, it wasn't I, it wasn't a rough outing. It was it wasn't. It was shoving it eleven in a row. Then all of a sudden the wheel. It's I don't want to say the wheels. Is that, I don't want to make excuses. But is that motivation for him to come into the coach and coach Coach Deggs and say, Coach, I want redemption on this or something like that? For me, I'm telling him. I'm telling him. You know, it's either be you or Cook. We're gonna let you know to see how he reacts. I mean, look, you know this. You have to play. Some, look, it's athletes. You need to play with their head. But now, look. There's also I say all these things, and it's, and I'm always gonna finish up at the end with. Keep it simple, stupid. Don't yep. overthink it. Does Texas State feel more comfortable if Arigetti takes them out or if Cook takes them out? And again, if I'm them the whole time, well, guys, he shoved it up on foot for 11, for 11, for four and two thirds last time, and we crushed him. We got it. Don't worry about it. We got that belief. Doesn't mean it's going to work. Cook shoved it. They don't have that. Does that play into it? Is that overthinking it? Personally, tomorrow, I don't throw. The only reason I wouldn't throw Cook was because he's only on four days rest. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, su I'm such of two minds with this. Got him. Bang, bang. That was a good. Uh, yeah. good. So, big, big lefty's a pretty good athlete on the mound. But, no, so if you. Uh, we're assuming. Are we assuming Texas State wins? Uh, for the sake of the conversation. No. If Texas State loses this game, Cook and Arigetti better not pitch tomorrow. I hope not. I, okay, yeah. yeah, I agree with you there too, yes. Um, and personally, then we, that's the conversation he and I were having was, do you start Cook instead of Arigetti? Uh, I, I think you look at the pool. Uh, who, who, do you, who are you matched up with then in, 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 if you're in the first round? Oh. Well, you still have to. You, you, I'm, I'm coming into the game saying we got to win two to one. I understand that, but at the same time, like we talked about too, you're here to win a championship. Who's going to give you the best opportunity on Friday? To, and you can't win that championship unless you get to the championship game. But you don't even know who you're matched. You don't even know who you're playing By to the, worry about it. You, you can, you'll have a pretty good idea, probably. Who, oh no, well, you may know, but you may know. But so, like, and I don't know how they're going to view this. Um, They've got more tape. I'm watching these guys. They're not hitting the fastball. But both guys throw 91, 92. So yeah. what does it matter? But basically what I'm looking at is, is one of them more susceptible to the breaker? Because if you are, that change, or is it more susceptible to change up? And that may be the answer to who you throw. Here's the other side. <laughs> Arigetti has started all year. Cook has done both. I know we got a fresh bullpen and everything else. However, It'd be nice to know that, hey, I've got fresh, wide-open cook for an inning on Thursday. Dude, he's, I'll tell you something. If he is pitching yeah. Saturday, he is on the mound throwing hard Thursday. And you give him a day off, I mean, he, he'll be going. Yeah. And by the way, he gets a, he's actually going to be on, if he throws Saturday, he's on eight days rest, not even seven, because of the, the truncated schedule. But it's a... Um, it's interesting, but you know what's funny with all this? Y'all play Georgia Southern tomorrow? Georgia State. They are Georgia, oh, yeah, Georgia State. Sorry. State, not Southern. If Southern, not hey, State. Hey, hey. Runs. <laughs> easy. Easy. Dave said it best, and I'm sure every coach agrees. Runs covered up. You score runs, it doesn't matter. Now, I do believe Craig started to say it. I say it simpler. Hitch, pitch your way in, hit your way out. Yeah. yeah. 
but you don't hit your way out until Saturday and Sunday. You got you got to pitch early. Yeah, you got to. I, I I agree, but I think we've got enough depth that we can, that we can, we can do that and still. We do, for, for lack of a better word, eat have our cake and eat it too. Here's the thing, with the Tampa Bay Rays. You keep throwing all those guys out there. Every time you put a new arm in, you risk them not having it. If you got to win two to one, that risk. Uh, UTA. We had some guys had it, some guys didn't. We were able to bail ourselves out of those. You want to risk that your future on that? I don't know. Look, it's it's why they pay him all the money, and I'm just sitting up yeah. here talking. And that's kind of what Georgia Southern seems to be banking with going into tomorrow. They announced that Tyler Owens is going to be starting against Georgia State when everybody thought it was going to be Jordan Jackson because Jordan Jackson has been the only consistent starter that Georgia Southern has had the last month of the season. But does he match up better? Does it his stuff or what? Not I don't know that there's okay. much of a matchup there, but you look at what Georgia Southern has struggled with in starting pitching. In the month of May, twice a Georgia Southern starter pitched past the fifth inning. It was both Jordan Jackson. Twice. So what do you think the reason was that before that was? And I don't know if it's you get deep in the season and Tyler Owens hasn't been the Tyler Owens. Because you look really the first couple of months of this season, you thought that Tyler Owens was on his way to being the Sunbelt Pitcher of the Year. He had a sub-2 ERA about five weeks into Sunbelt play. But the last couple of weeks, he has struggled, just found a lot of barrels, leaving the changeup up, putting everything over the plate. But you got him going tomorrow against Georgia State in a game that Georgia Southern has to win to stay alive in this bracket. If you lose to Georgia State tomorrow, that means Georgia State's 2-0. and They win the pool. Yeah. And See, so well, you've got to do it against Georgia well, State. Well, I'm not worried. I don't care if we burn cooking irrigate to win the game we have to win. I'm good with throwing Carter Robinson the way he just pitched back out that oh, I agree. and our depth. And you know what? If it comes down to the depth of your bullpen, your pitching staff to win on Sunday, okay. Uh, I mean, okay. I, I'd put ours up against anybody right now. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, too. The best anybody's going to do is throw their number one on three days rest. Yeah. That's the best they're going to have is a three days rest number one. Because everybody else would be weaker, and I like our depth. I mean, look what Austin Bradford did. That was insane. By the way, he warmed up Saturday. Yes. I said, Austin, oh, so you crazy? He goes, Coach, I, he, I had 96 in me. Right, yeah. He, he was down there. I was down with uh, Russo sitting down the left left field. Oh, yeah, you saw him? Yeah, and I was like, he ran down there. I'm like, I said, what is, is he going to talk to somebody or is on a jog? And then all of a sudden I see him throw. I'm like, holy. He has fought through injuries. He has two degrees. Yep. He had five and a third innings pitched in three years at UL. Your boy comes out on Thursday, throws four, and cut up Troy. And I mean, <laughs> made him look cut stupid. Up, yeah, oh, there's a bunch of big swinging misses. They're like, you got to be kidding me. But, you know, and I laugh though. So he ain't got much time. Fought, fought injuries just in that. The kid got a national championship bringing to LSU. He yeah. Threw a ton of innings for him over there. Every kid in that dugout, there's a whole lot of pride I think people tend to discount and desire, especially this weekend, the guys that know, like we got Jack Burke. Jack's got a mechanical engineering degree. This cat's bugging me with his pants. I mean. I know. You think Jack's worried about if his elbow's bugging him? Yeah. Hell, no. Hell, give me me the ball and get out my way. And I I think you see a lot of that with these guys. But I am shocked this cat's still on the mound. Let me ask you this, Colin. Uh, I've, I've talked to a couple different people about this. The COVID year and everything with the extra players, 
I mean, I know why you you had to do it and all that, and I think it was the right thing. But do you think it changed baseball because all of a sudden you had so many options, and then you're still narrowing your pool down when it came to conference play? Do you think that hurt in some ways? I mean. I don't know that that necessarily hurt. I think what's going to hurt is the fact that everybody gets an extra year, and now you've got the one year or the one time free transfer. Yeah. So I don't think it necessarily hurt this year, but I think you're going to see it in the next couple of years really start to shift a lot of rosters and become a lot of free agency that everybody talks about with everybody getting an extra year. And, oh, by the way, you can go wherever you want to, as long as I have you, obviously, but you can transfer wherever you want to and not be penalized for it. Do you see that as a long-term problem in, in college athletics, or is that something you think that in three to five years that kids are going to go through and say, I saw what happened to somebody else, I'm not going to do it, or, you, or but everybody's... Or, well, you already or, had it, though, yeah. right? You had it for, I had it when I played. Um, one of my favorites was Jim Fritz. Jim... Jim Fritz would punch a hole in the wall with your head, then his head. Tough as nails. We recruited him, tried to sign him. He signed with Delmonico at Tennessee. The word damn was a curse word with Delmonico. Seriously. Very, you know, devout man. And Jim Fritz was not that type of kid. So one year Tennessee transfers you out. Has a good year. And my thing about those guys is this you're going to find guys that don't fit or, hey, I like it here, but you know what? I don't like the way you use me. Yeah. I want a chance to play. Or you see me as a second baseman. I think I can still play short. I'm not saying the kids are going to be right, but as long as it's not running from, uh, Coach yelled at me, yeah. then I got, I'm okay with it. You know, I, I saw the kid from LSU. He's going to go to Auburn. That kid was a, uber talented kid that should have redshirted that needs some development he had to play because of injuries now he wants to go somewhere and play right away that's not what you needed you need to develop your mechanics because you're a beast of an athlete you need to develop I that's what I'm worried about I'm worried about some of our guys that go well you, you put somebody in my place so I'm gonna leave that's the part I am worried about um, the development but you know what make sure you hire the right coach yeah yeah so, what does the draft do going from 40 rounds to 20 rounds? How does that hurt or help your team? I, I don't see any way that it, 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 it hurts your team because guys that are that good are going to be drafted. We're, draft, we're going to be drafted anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it helps in the sense of somebody that gets taken in a mid-20s round that may be on the fringe of, all right, I'm going to go ahead and start my – professional career he probably stays and doesn't get a shot but then you also may have an opportunity where somebody that may not have been drafted before with more rounds just because now if you're a major league team you've got to really decide yeah who you're going to be able to sign because you can't waste three picks on somebody that you like but you don't know if they're going to sign or not and so it's going to be interesting to see what the draft looks like and how it kind of goes about the next couple of years, whether it goes back closer to 40 rounds or if it stays closer to the 20. Well, I have no problem with it staying at the 20. Remember, they're, it's not going to stay at the 20 because they're they're populating those teams that they got rid of. So now they don't need to populate it. I've talked to a couple of scouts. 2023, until 2023, it's not going to be normal. Because you know what the biggest problem is? 
the freshmen that are not supposed to be here right now that are, they're going to have to cycle through. And the thing is, with the rounds in the draft, the talent coming out of high school is still going to be as good as it always is, right? So now, but you're going to have juniors coming out next year, well, this year, as draft-eligible sophomores. This guy just pitched a hell of a game. I know he's, yeah, yeah. he's leaving He's yeah. leaving uh, down one nothing, but... Uh, I was shocked to say they should have they went to the pen earlier. I mean, the guy's just on four days rest. But that's what's going to happen with the draft. You are going to have guys fall that are going to take the money because their options are going to be more limited because there's going to be a larger pool to pull from, if that makes sense. Yep. Because uh, the most the most famous one I know around here is the Dylan Cruz at LSU. Dylan Cruz is really, really good. He should not be in college. He shouldn't. Um, so when that guy comes out, that's a guy that should already be drafted. That's going to bump somebody else a little further back. You know what I mean? And I think you're going to see a lot of that. I mean, we just watched an App State freshman get up there and was throwing 95. We saw uh, Will Southern miss. They, had, they brought in, we didn't see him, he's struggling. Kid's 6'2", 225, I watched him take in and out. He had an absolute rifle. He had, they rated him as the number seven outfielder in the country. But with no minor leagues to go play last year, he's, he's in college. There's a lot of guys like that that should not be here that are. I'm wondering if MLB backs off on pitchers and lets them come more because they don't have all those lower levels of A to let them just spend time in. I don't know. The draft is going to be interesting what we're looking at moving forward. So it's going to go up, but maybe 30. But it's definitely going up. Remember, to them, 125,000 is a joke. No, and I agree with that. I just I think once you get past 30, if you with the number of teams they eliminated, you know, uh, I think it's better for the college game. I like the fact I'm hoping they keep the draft pushed back and, and they go with you know with with, with their their summer league program that they're having. Well, I like what Tony. What you you know you may see eliminated. Tony call it the filler. Yes. The junior that takes the hundred thousand because all they're doing is sticking you at third base in a ball and Altoona because they need somebody. Yep. And they don't want to waste anybody else. Or like I told Craig when uh, Chase follows was up, Chase told me. They had a not an innings limit on him catching, pitch limit catching. They have bullpen catchers that catch bullpens. They had three catchers for a single A team because he was 18. They wanted to watch his knees. He only caught so many pitches in a day, and they want to protect him. You know, there's things like that. That there's just I don't know. I think you're gonna see some evolution. And one thing that I hadn't thought about until this past weekend, when one of my buddies who's a scout for the White Sox brought it up, does this start the conversation back of does college baseball go to wood bat? I don't think it does because uh, I just financially. I, I had the conversation the first year I started with the Diamond Club with, with Coach Rowe, and he said, I would love to have wood bats. He said, but we can't afford them. Unless the Major League Baseball wants to fund that, which they could, they could, and, and it would make sense to me. Here, here's the thing also with, with, you know, you look at things, uh, pitchers. They no longer bat in college. Rarely do they bat even in the minor leagues. And, and I'm against the DH, but the fact is that pitchers never hit anymore. It, I think it's time for the universal DH. I hate to say it uh, because even two years ago I was screaming, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm anti-DH. I love seeing pitchers having to hit because I think it puts more strategy in the game. But I think the fact that you've seen – 
the last even five, maybe even ten years, you see more and more guys becoming a PO so early in their baseball career. Yeah. That's what's kind of gotten away from pitchers that can hit. Yep. Well, this, this is uh, this game has been pretty exciting for for a one run compared game. to the 16, 15, 15 run debacles of earlier, where it's all offense. This is a baseball game. I and it's for me, it's fun to watch. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like it when in the stands. Oh, I can't believe we only won one to nothing, two to one. What's your thought on scoring, right, Colin? I love a good baseball game. I mean, being able to this is probably one of my favorite games of the day, but to be able to have you got to put thought into the game at some point when you're got a. 15 to 1 game like we saw Coastal Carolina yeah. earlier. Look, you think about this. If I got Kareem, I got a seven footer, and you can't stop me from getting him the ball, he's going to eventually score. Yeah. When the guys are 320 pounds and run like herd of Buffalo, and they're running everybody's 250 in football, they're eventually going to win. Baseball, I've talked about it before, it'll take me 10 minutes to really explain to you everything that went into the decision I, met, I, I did there to bunt or not bunt. It was a, it's a quick thing. There's a million things that go into it, and that's what's fun about baseball. And I know you're going to like pitching duels because you're a Braves fan with all those. With, I mean, how do you not like growing up watching Maddox, watching the art of the 90-pitch complete game? I mean, I know, Craig, you don't have that experience well, being a Reds no, fan. No, I know, but because he had the biggest strike zone in, in America Earned, in the last 140 right. oh, no. years. You boy got two oh, inches. Hey, if you got two, I'm going to try three. The minute you give me three, I'm going to try four. Yeah. The man was a genius. All right, let's move on from that. That's it's time to wrap this enough. up. So, Colin, what's your plan this summer? You, you Have you looked at any minor league jobs? Are you going to take it easy? What, what, what you got going on? Can you um, tell us? have looked at a couple of minor league jobs, but – the, uh, the biggest thing, I'm getting married this summer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. People say it's about time. It took six years. but Well, you know, there, there's something to be said about that. There, you know, the slow and steady wins the race. That's what I always said. She All didn't right, appreciate turtle. that, though. Uh, well, I would not. I wouldn't. <laughs> take it from 15 years. I wouldn't. I'll say it's there's a difference between it's about time and it's time. That there's there's a difference there. It's like saying I'm not getting old. I'm older. So is she from Statesboro or where is she from? She's from Maryland. Oh. So Maryland. Yep. Maryland. Just outside of D.C. So I'm assuming my nephew went to school up there at Hager's. At you're uh, you're gonna be living in Statesboro though, but yes. she's been in Statesboro. Oh, she or? works here, right? She worked at yeah. Georgia Southern for a while. She okay. was the athletic trainer for women's oh, basketball that's right. for you a said number of years. Uh, oh, we can no. replay it for you, Craig. He said it earlier. They were at the soccer game. She's a trainer for the professional soccer team. Yeah. This has yep. been edited out. Brad Tophan doesn't know <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, I listened to the man talk. I listened to I heard the, the part about Where's the Where's the honeymoon, train? man? Oh, are y'all able to even plan one with everything? Yeah. It, when we first started planning, it was when everything was still crazy with COVID. So we didn't know. We initially wanted to go to Cooperstown. For the honeymoon, but okay, so oh, you've you know, got a good wife. Oh, yeah. you better hang on tight. Oh, yeah, you better hang on. Yeah, tight. what took you so long to yeah. marry her? No kidding. <laughs> it's about time, bro. Yeah, I'm yeah. off the bat. It's about time. But now we're gonna do kind of a little road trip up through Nashville, hang out there for a couple of days, go see Grand Ole Opry and all of that, and then oh, go wow. up through Louisville. Um, You're not doing destination wedding, are you? No, thank you. No, destination states. I got so, one. No. I got one. This 
and, uh, between airfare and everything else. There goes uh, the baseball money. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thanks. Let's wrap this up because this game, I, I know oh, we all want to see the end of this. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Brad. Uh, no you've been problem, listening. Bro. Always. Been listening to We're Talking with Craig Malonson, Brad Topham, and Colin Lacey from the Georgia Southern Sports Network. And I got it IMG, right. Learfield College. Nailed it. IMG Learfield College. We're signing off for tonight. Uh, read the paper, see who won the game. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.